We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joining us now on the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Oh, nice. Look at you on the ball today, finally. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry, man. Like, <laughs> this is this is not... I'm sorry. You're walking into a complete just disaster of a show today, Brian. So, welcome to the show, Brian Driscoll of um, Irish Breakdown here on 1077 The Franchise and the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. Brian, let's start with some... I got to have to talk about realignment with you before we dive into Notre Dame because all the discussion around here, obviously with Oklahoma going to the SEC, you have OSU kind of sitting in a position where they're on the outside looking in. There's, I think, a big pipe dream of hope that OSU will end up in the Big Ten. Is Notre Dame always going to stay on the outside looking in and stay independent as they go forward? Or do you think that the Big Ten could be a possibility for them football-wise? Or do they look to pursue ACC with the basketball affiliation, like how is this going to go down in the future years? Do you believe with the Irish? The only way Notre Dame stops being independent is if the money just gets so insane that they can't match it with their current independent means. And that it's going to have to get even beyond the, the crazy numbers we're seeing thrown around about, you know, 80 million for sec teams potentially with this next contract, because Notre Dame values its independent tremendously. I think the only thing that would keep them from, being that is they just can't schedule anymore. You know, if you get these super conferences form and they're playing 10 conference games and it's much harder for Notre Dame to put a schedule together, then I think that would be the only thing that would force their hand. But Notre Dame is incredibly set on staying independent uh, unless they have no other choices. And if they were to join a conference, it would be the ACC. They're contractually obligated to join the ACC if they do join a conference until I believe about 2035, and it would cost a lot of money for them to get out. Notre Dame and the Big Ten is never going to happen. And and we did a series this summer on why that's not going to happen, and it goes all the way back you know, to the fielding Yost, Newt Rockney era, pre-Newt Rockney era, and, and a lot of the things that Michigan did to keep Notre Dame out of the Big Ten when it was the Western Conference at the time, and you know, a lot of anti-Catholic bigotry and stuff like that, and it sparked Notre Dame's independence and sparked Newt Rockney to say, okay, fine, we're going to become the, the nation's program, and, and, and it's kind of been, they've never looked back. 
By the way, last year, how'd that go covering a conference as somebody who's done it for years? Overrated, am I right? Well, it was for me as a media person, it was great because you had all these conference things you could turn into content every week. You know, ACC Player of the Week and all conference stuff. And, you know, that, that part of it was cool. And, hey, here's the ACC title race and all those type of things. But it wasn't so cool that you say, oh, let's do that again, you know, because there was also a lot of bad games. You know, when you're forced to play an entire conference, every conference has bad teams. Uh, but uh, it, there's a lot of Notre Dame fans that, that liked it and would like to do it again, but but I think most are, are like the fact that Notre Dame is independent. Here's how bad it stunk here at OU. They got out of it. They got out of their conference and <laughs> moved, <on to, laughs> moved on to another one. Uh, let's Okay, let's go ahead and talk about the, uh, the elephant in the room. Notre Dame's going to be a top-10 team in, in most years, close to the top-5 team every single year. It doesn't matter if you're rebuilding. It doesn't matter who you have. The, the Golden Dome is always going to be respected around college football at the beginning and the end of the year. So how hard is it to, to really get across to your fan base what an actual Notre Dame year is going to look like? Oh, I, I think most Notre Dame fans nowadays have a little bit more of a realistic view than they did 20 years ago because they've been in the wilderness of mediocrity for the last three decades. And so, you know, I think most Notre Dame fans, actually, sadly, more Notre Dame fans than I would like are perfectly content sometimes going 10 and 2. So I, I think Notre Dame fans, for the most part, have a relatively realistic expectation for where, where this football team is. They know they're not on the level of Alabama yet, they know they're not on the level of Ohio State just yet. They know they're not on the level of Clemson when Clemson has a healthy Trevor Lawrence just yet. So, uh, But I also really think that Notre Dame fans rightly realize that in the last four years, Notre Dame has closed the gap, and they're a lot closer now uh, to those programs than they've been since 1993. And so I, I think there's a healthy expectation. I actually think Notre Dame has tended to get overrated at times in the past. I think Notre Dame's being underrated heading into the season because I think you use the word rebuild that, that phrase is only being used for Notre Dame. It's not being used for Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson, who suffered far more important personnel losses than what Notre Dame lost. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Agreed. I'm in the same department as you, just kind of talking about where this team is at. Like, I, I didn't feel like they lost as much as those guys, but I wanted to ask about the quarterback battle because, you know, there is some question about who's that going to be. Is it simple that it's going to be Jack Cohn for this, the transfer from Wisconsin? Yeah, Brian Kelly named Jack Cohn the starter okay. last Saturday. Cool. And he won that job. I mean, he actually said after the first practice, hey, we kind of know who it's going to be and we're going to name it next week. And, 
it's been it's been kind of obvious since the spring. Jack had a really good spring. That his teammates have really uh, ing- he's ingratiated himself quite nicely to his teammates, and he's performed at a very high level. So it, it was never really a doubt about him being a starting quarterback. Is there any concern? I shouldn't say concern, but what are, are there concerns with him though? Because you're talking about a transfer that comes in, and obviously has had time to learn what the offense is. But is there a thought that there could be growing pains for him? I, I think I don't think so. I, I mean. I, when you look at what Wisconsin does offensively, it's a pretty complex pass game. It's not complex from a number standpoint or a volume standpoint, but it's a complex system from a, a reads and a concepts and those type of things because it is a pro style drop that type of type of offense. And you know, Jack's a smart kid, and he picked it up pretty quickly. And 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 you know, look, a lot of what some of the adjustments and changes that Notre Dame is making this offseason has been to try to simplify their offense in a way that allows a quarterback to maybe pick it up a little quicker than what we've seen in the past. So I think as long as he's healthy, there aren't a lot of concerns that he'll pick it up. At least there aren't now. I think there might have been going into spring, but he he really performed so well so quickly, and he really hasn't taken a step back yet. And I think that's why there's a great deal of confidence from talking to Notre Dame sources that that he's going to pick up where Ian Book left off. And honestly, there's a lot of sources that believe he's going to be better than Ian Book, at least as a passer. Wow. What's the circle game on Notre Dame's uh, schedule? Because I'm kind of looking at it. Obviously, Wisconsin and Chicago uh, would be fun. I think uh, North Carolina might be a thing. USC is always traditional, but is there really a circle game? Well, USC-Notre is a circle game. But I think the one that a lot of people are pointing at right now is the Cincinnati game. Because Cincinnati's getting a lot of preseason hype. And a lot of people, are even nationally, there's a lot of people pointing at that game and saying, hey, if a group of five or a group of six team ever wants to make the college football playoff, this is the kind of game they have to win, right? You go on the road, you beat a Notre Dame team, a top 10 to 15 ranked Notre Dame team on the road. You beat Indiana the week before on the road as a top 25 power five team. If this is the kind of game you can win, then that's going to spark a, you know, college football playoff resume boost. So I think that's the one a lot of people look at, but I think for Notre Dame fans right now, uh, the Wisconsin game is the one that they're queuing up because it's the first "quote unquote" big game of the season, and then of course the storylines of Jack Cohn playing his old team and all those type of things. And Notre Dame fans love beating Big Ten teams, so I think that's another reason that a lot of them are looking forward to that game. What's the aspect of this offense that is the strongest? I mean, we, we I know we've talked about Jack Cohn, but like you start looking at the receiving core, the rush game. I mean, it looks like to me on paper the running backs appear to be the ones that. Uh, could provide the biggest spark for the team this year. Oh, no question. I mean, you're talking about Kyron Williams coming back from a, he was the second team All American by Sporting News. He rushed for 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns in an offense where the opponents knew they were running the football. I mean, you watched a lot of Notre Dame games last year. There was eight nine guys in the box consistently, and Kyron was still able to have the success he had. And then. You know, the, the, the guy that you bring in to rotate with him is Chris Tyree, who Bruce Feldman just put in his freaks list because he's a 4-3-1 guy. You know, as a junior and a sophomore in high school, he had the fastest 55-meter dash time in the country, not for football players, but for everyone in his grade in the country for track. And he's an explosive guy, averaged about set, almost seven yards of carry last year. So that one-two punch that, that Notre Dame has in the backfield is, is very unique also because Kyron Williams is a wide receiver up until his junior high school. And he brings some very unique pass catching ability to the game where you can use two backs in the game a little bit in a little bit more of a diverse manner than we've seen from other two back offense. You know, Oklahoma's used two backs at times and it's you know trying to create misdirection, things like that. Well when Notre Dame goes two backs, they can take one of their backs and put him out and line him up as a legitimate receiver 
and they can run routes like a receiver, and I think that gives them a very unique ability to attack defenses with two very talented players. This is a little deeper question, and I, I don't have the answer to this, and I know I'm getting myself in a little trouble not doing that, but do you ever, and this is similar to the first question we asked, do you ever worry about Notre Dame not keeping up with the times? They've been uh, unique in all of sports and always being relevant, like you said, mediocre. I mean, mediocre. It was still Notre Dame in the last couple of decades, uh, so that still meant something. But do you worry about with the way that the college football landscape is happening that the recruiting might dry up a little bit, or that, like you said, they're not going to be able to schedule? Is that even in the back of anybody's mind? It was a decade ago. It's not now. You know, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, has done a phenomenal job of doing exactly what you said. We've got to bring Notre Dame sort of along and get them up with the times. You know, they had the big stadium renovation. They put a new you know, tur- uh, field turf down. They got a scoreboard now. And, you know, for decades, Notre Dame traditionalists had said, no, no scoreboard, right? Now they have a great scoreboard. They just built a new indoor facility. They're going to renovate the, the football building. Uh, Notre Dame has raised about almost a billion dollars in the last decade to upgrade facilities around the program you know marcus freeman is you know lsu offers him a big a big contract to coach to be the new d coordinator at lsu and notre dame is able to give him a you know match it to it enough to where he turns down lsu to come to notre dame notre dame never was able to go toe-to-toe with an sec team for a coach ever for a long time they're doing that now so in a lot of ways the important ways they are up to the you know caught up to the rest not caught up but they're close enough to where it's not a negative for them anymore and when you look at it from a recruiting standpoint, look, a lot of people don't want to accept this, but having covered Notre Dame for over a decade, the independence thing helps them a lot with recruits. I mean, you look at Notre Dame right now, according to Rivals.com, they have the number one recruiting class in the country. I don't think it's going to stay there, but it's going to finish as a top five class. They've got a lot of top 100 players, and it's because they've won, number one. They have a product to sell. If they, you know, we're on the championship, championship stage through the last three years. And the facilities, which was often a knock against Notre Dame for a long time, is no longer a problem. And, you know, and there's a lot that, that, that value being different. And there's nothing more different than going to Notre Dame. So as long as they have people like Jack Swarbrick, who is a, a forward-thinking athletic director, Notre Dame's not going to fall behind. The only concern I have is if we see a lot of this shakeout of college football and it gets to the point where they just can't put a schedule together because of the way that the super conferences, if we get to that point, um, create their conference schedules. We're talking to Brian Driscoll here on 107.7 The Franchise and the Little Caesars Hot and Ready Hotline. You can find his excellent work at Irish Breakdown, which is a part of the network on Sports Illustrated. And Brian, i got to ask you this, because you kind of you alluded to it. Where are the Notre Dame faithful with Brian Kelly? What do they want to see out of him? I mean, I know you mentioned the recruiting class being the number one ranked class as of right now, but is there more? Is there a... a I don't want to say like any kind of grassroots campaign to get him out of there or anything like that, but where are the Notre Dame fans at with him during his tenure as head coach right now? You know, there's a small group of fans that are never going to be happy and just enjoy being miserable, and they're going to pick apart everything that Brian Kelly does. And Sounds like OU. There's a group of fa- yeah, and there's a group of fans that, you know, now that he's not Ty Willingham and not Bob Davey and not Charlie Weiss, he can do no wrong. I think most Notre Dame fans are in the middle. And they look at it as, you know, when you look at where Notre Dame was when he took over in 2010, facilities-wise, program-wise, recruiting-wise, and you look at where Notre Dame is now to where uh, an 11-2 and season in 2019 is considered a, a disappointing season, 
he's brought the program a long way, but they also understand this is Notre Dame. And to ultimately be considered among the great coaches of this institution, you got to win a title. And I think that's the final step. And, you know, there were some things Brian Kelly was doing as the head coach that were putting self-imposed restrictions or stumbling blocks in front of the program, and a lot of those he is removing. He's being more involved in recruiting now. You know, getting the Marcus Freeman hired was huge. He's got a younger, more invigorated coordinators. You know, so recruiting is more successful because you have young guys that like to grind and have a, and have a great product to sell. So, a lot of the things that I think Brian Kelly was doing to to hurt the program that wasn't an administration or a Notre Dame or an academic thing are are now being removed. And the result is is they just had their best recruiting class in five years in 2021, and now they're on pace to have their best class. You know, since uh, you know, since Charlie White had the number two ranked class back in 2008. So. Uh, I, I think that's where a lot of the excitement is. Now it's go beat a good team and go win a championship. And that's those are the two things that have really been lacking from Brian Kelly's resume since 2013 when they, they beat Michigan State and obviously 2012 when they beat Oklahoma on the road. They just haven't been winning those big games. And the Clemson win on November 7th this past year was obviously a big win, but it was a big win that a lot of people put an asterisk by because they didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They didn't have Tyler Davis. They didn't have James Kalski. And when they played in a rematch with those players, Clemson pounded them pretty good. So I think that's the final step that people want to see is time to win that big game. It's time, you know, it's time to win a playoff game. It's time to win a title. Do that, and then Brian Kelly can get a statue made like every other head coach that's got won a national championship. This might be the most important question I ask you. Uh, me and my co-host were having this conversation before you got on with us, and I respect what you do very much so. You cover the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I mean, that's what you do. As a guy who covers the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, are you a backpack or satchel kind of guy? What do you carry your stuff with to go cover this team? Well, I got a really cool backpack from uh, the Cotton Bowl two years ago, and we went down there, and it fits everything that I do quite nicely, so... I'm not a satchel guy. I'm a backpack guy. Okay, I have a goofy one, too, because this is a hot-button <laughs> topic no, around no. here. I'm sorry, but how do you feel about the movie, Rudy? <laughs> I mean, look, I grew up a Notre Dame fan, and, and, and you know, I was someone who wasn't a, you know, a, a Division One athlete, so I think it's a great movie. The real-life story is not quite as good as the movie was. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a great movie. You know, it's a fun. I don't look at it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great movie. I do too. And I'm like the only one at this stinking station that likes that movie. And everybody else is just that, giving that me grief about it. more about people's feelings about Notre Dame than it does the movie. Thank I mean, that's you. the reality of it. If you don't like Notre Dame and you're, there's a, you know, the expression that I like to use with Notre Why do people hate Notre Dame so much? They hate us because they ain't us, right? That's the reality of it. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people that don't like their independence and don't like that they got their own network and, don't like this and don't like that, and okay, it is what it is. You're never, and it's going to taint everything that is, you know, touches Notre Dame. You're not going to, ah, the Gold Dome is stupid. Rudy sucks. He was offside. All this other kind of stuff. But if it was your program with the same exact movie and it just said OU or Texas or Alabama or whatever, you'd think it was a great movie. Like Woodlawn. I thought that was a great movie. It wasn't about Notre Dame. It was about an Alabama guy. It was still a great movie. Yes. So it was Rudy. Thank you. That's a mic drop. Thank you. Yes, it is. Thank you, sir. Brian, that was awesome, man. Thank you for your time. You're the best guest we've had. Thanks for having me on, guys. You bet. Brian Driscoll joining us of Irish Breakdown here on 1077 The Franchise Rudy, Rudy, on the Little Caesars Hot and Pretty Hotline. Rudy was upset. Why do you hate that? I mean, it's just, it gets me so triggered because he's right. Like, why can't you just enjoy the movie for the movie? I love this guy. Like, just gave us everything we wanted about Notre Dame, right? Like he was, th- this wasn't messing around. This guy knows his stuff. Clearly, yeah. Much. But to break out, they, they hate us because they ain't us. That was big time. <laughs> By the way, you can follow him at CoachD178 on Twitter. 
uh, for Irish Breakdown and all the stuff going on there with that. I, I mean, you you really got me with the, the backpack question, and I thought, you know what? I have to bring the Rudy thing up because I'm literally the I only person at the station that likes the movie. Sometimes you can kind of feel out a guess, and you know that they can – because you throw a couple of guys curveballs, and it's just like, uh-oh. Yeah. It's not sports, not numbers, don't know how to talk. But then you can tell some guys that know how to go with the flow, and I could tell that brother knew how to go with the flow. Yes, it was phenomenal. Anyway, so. Rudy was outside, so. No, he wasn't. Saying he was a fan growing up in Notre Dame. So, like he said, of course he's going to. Bro. Like, if it was, if it was OU, like it was Rudy, you know, Rudy from Muskogee. <laughs> It'd be different. Man, I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, that was awesome, number one. He was great. Number two, just enjoy for what it is. I am looking forward to watching Notre Dame play this year. This, this is a really interesting schedule. I didn't like Notre Dame, and I loved it. So, anyway, just saying.